the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Our, our scripture this morning is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, beginning with verse 1. We'll be reading all the way, all the way to um, verse 11 uh, this morning. Uh, we are continuing in our theme for this year, at least for this month. We're focusing on becoming uh, vessels of honor. That's our theme for the entire 2022. And uh, most of the messages will be... Um, Hearing uh, this year, we'll, we'll focus on that. That's not the only thing we're going to do, but we're going to focus much on what it's like to live an honorable life before God. And so just keep that in mind. Uh, so, so there's some kind of a, 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 a cohesive to what we're going to uh, discuss this, these coming uh, months for 2022. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened. Because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that w what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose, and has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident, and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord and to try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God. And I hope it is also plain in your conscience. We had the privilege of visiting the Barcelona Cathedral in, in Spain. And um, uh, it, one of its attractions is its roof, uh, you know, uh, that boasts a spectacularly stunning view of the beautiful city of Barcelona. In fact, when you uh, get up there, you know, it, it, it's it was designed to elicit this feeling of touching heaven, that you are really in the presence of God because it was so, so beautiful up there, the, the scenery, the view. Uh, there are two ways to get up there, okay? One through a spiral staircase of several hundred steps that will take you about maybe 10 to 20 minutes, depending on your speed, uh, to climb all the way to the top. And the second way to get there is through an elevator. What do you think I chose? The line to the elevator going to the top uh, is obviously, was obviously very long because people wanted to, 
to go there. Uh, but there are a few people who decided that they wanted to take the stairs and go through that um, harrowing trip <laughs> of several hundred steps. And I said to myself, why would I go do that when I can just go to an elevator and go up there and enjoy the same view? Why go through all of that hustle, hassle of um, using the stairs, getting tired and, you know, exerting more energy? What's the benefit of going through that when I can have the same thing and enjoy the same thing easily and quickly? Let me ask you a question. What will you choose? Will you choose to use the elevator to go up there for the same benefit? Or will you use the staircase, the spiral staircase that go up there? That's quite difficult uh, to manage, to negotiate. It's a no-brainer for many of us because we are creatures of comfort. Human beings like their comfort. We want comfort, okay? But as we look at our faith in Christ, as we discover the riches of our relationship with the Lord, this word comfort takes on a different meaning. Comfort to the world, to the system of the world, to those who do not have a relationship with God, comfort means the absence of pain, the absence of effort, the absence of hard work, the absence of, um, you know, things that are not very good to go through, okay? That's, that's the concept of comfort. But for a Christian, the word comfort means strength. And that's very important to know in the outset. For a Christian, comfort, the word comfort means strength. The word comfort is taken from that word comforter. <laughs> when you're cold, what do you do, right? Do you just take that that bed sheet and you just cover yourself with it? No, it's not enough. You're still going to be cold. What do you do? You buy a comforter. Or if you have one, you put on a comforter. And what does a comforter do? It strengthens your ability to withstand the cold. All right? So that's what the word comfort means, to strengthen, to make sure that you're, you, know, you, you build up your strength so that you can withstand something. It's a completely different concept when it comes uh, to being a Christian for the word comfort. In many ways, uh, uh, our Christian worldview get uh, caught up with the wrong definition of what it means to live an honorable life as a Christian. We still think that somehow we can have Christianity with just the blessings, with just the comfort of being a child of God. And we want that elevator route to heaven. We don't want the cross-bearing part. That's true for me, and that's true for you. That's our focus in life. And I say, oh, no, no, Pastor, I'm, I'm not. You know, our humanity, we're still in this flesh. We're still creatures of, 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 of comfort, so to speak, trying to find ways to make sure that we avoid any kind of problems or issues that, that await us in life. But as we become Christians and as we become deeper in our relationship with God, we discover that God has a purpose for all the discomfort that we go through in life. And the word discomfort is a very uh, mild term to use for, for actual adversities and troubles. Okay? Uh, don't ask me why that is. All we know is that it is revealed in the Bible that God uses these things to make sure that His purposes, His will, His motive, His goal is achieved through those who call Him by name. 
And so, and so that's basically Christian theology in its very uh, essence. Jesus says, I went to the cross. There's cross bearing in following me. Throughout the ministry of Jesus, he gives hints as to what kind of life his followers will have. Don't marvel if the world hates you. Remember, it hated me first. Jesus, come to my house. Jesus says, I don't even have a pillow to put my head on. I don't have a place to go. When I bid you to come, I bid you to come and die. These are the things that Jesus has told his disciples. But in our world, we sometimes get caught up into this blessing-focused type of Christianity that we forget that God has a purpose for the things that he allows to happen in our life, okay? We, we are grateful for all the, the benefits of being a Christian, all the blessings that we receive, all the, all, all, all the joys that we encounter in this life. But that's only half of what God wants to show us. He wants to show us the other half, and the other half of being a Christian has to do with the calamities and the discomfort and the challenges that we go through, do you know that you have to share your faith with other people? Do you know that you have to tell people that you're a follower of Jesus? And sometimes that's a hard cross to bear in the world that we live in. It's hard to live as a Christian nowadays. Amen? Can I hear an amen? It's hard because you, you and I have certainly have to make stands for truths that are not very popular. We're going to have to make lifestyle changes that are not conforming to what the world expects of people. We reject philosophies and ideologies that go against the Word of God. And if you don't think that that's hard, think about how you're living your life because these are crosses that we carry. These are the stairs to that spiral staircase on the way to heaven. These are the realities. These, these are, this is... This is the, 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 what makes Christians who they are in the world because of our willingness to bear the consequences of calling the name of Jesus. The gospel is the good news. But sorry to break the bad news within the good news, and that is the Christian life is a, a life that is honorable, not because of the benefits that we receive as Christians, but because of the sacrifices we make to offer ourselves to God, to please God and advance His righteousness. That's a lot of words, so let me say it again. Okay? The, the gospel is the good news, but, but there's, a, there's bad news within the good news, and the bad news is we can't live our lives the way we want it. We can't pursue simply the benefits. What makes Christianity an honorable life to God is our willingness to make sacrifices to advance His righteousness, to advance His will, and to offer those sacrifices in order for the people to know who we really are, you know, that we are God's children. So we, we, we need to understand that, that all of these things that we have to sacrifice for the Lord are part and parcel of the Christian life. We are called to the abandonment of earthly gain. We are called to abandon earthly gain in, or in favor of living for Jesus. And that's why our attitude towards life must be focused on the eternal gain not on the temporal gain. As much as we enjoy and appreciate the earthly blessings we receive from God, the goodness of God in not only preserving us and, yes, prospering our lives, we don't look at these things as the end goal of our journey. 
The end goal of the Christian life is to remain faithful to God till the end and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to proclaim it and to go through the normal travails of this fallen world while living out, defending, and advancing the gospel. That's our mission. That's what we're called to do, to advance that. We're not only dealing with the common things, the common problems that the world is facing. We also have to deal with the issues and trials and challenges of the Christian life in order to advance and defend this gospel. Of course, the gospel of the kingdom of God. We need to be aware of the hardship and the evil that will befall us and the evil that comes along our way. We cannot take that elevator route to heaven. You and I cannot simply do that. We need to be prepared to do what we need to do in order to make sure that we're advancing God's kingdom, kingdom rule. In the Christian life, we have to take the stairs. At least we have to have the attitude that we are in for a hard climb. And believe me, it's more rewarding. And with that in mind, we need something to hold us together while we are going through the stairs, right? I've already established that the Christian life is a climb through that stairway. So we need to have a good grasp of the issue of evil that happens, the problem of evil, and the problem of suffering in the world. So we know how to live honorably in the midst of that. Because I, I, I'm here, you know, as a pastor, I, I'm here to speak to God's people to, to, his, to his household. You know, I, it's not that I don't care about the non-believer. It's that when we're at church on Sunday morning, the sermons are for you. They're not for those who do not believe. I mean, I just want to make that clear because, you know, if you're an unbeliever, you're not going to even know what I'm talking about. It's hard for you to grasp because your mindset is in the world. But we as Christians here, you know, we, we have to be strategic in how we live our lives. We need to know, you know, what is expected of us, of God, okay? So we need to have a solid theology on the issue of a good God and the problem of evil in the world. We need to have a grasp of that, okay? The, the technical term for that is a theodicy, okay? Uh, it's the branch of theology that seeks to answer the question, if God is so good and powerful, why does he? He allow evil and pain and suffering to exist, even to the detriment of his own children. And we're not exempt from that, okay? The good news is this, God answered that question already for each and every one of us, okay? That, that, that question of evil and suffering in the face of who we know is a good God, God already answered that for us. God gave the answer to the question of his power and goodness and permitting evil. And that answer is what? That answer is heaven, okay? To a follower of Jesus, God gave the answer to the question of evil and suffering. And that answer is heaven. Wait a minute, Pastor. I thought heaven is a place that I go when I die. I, I, I've always known that when I die, I, I, I have to go to, to heaven when there's no more... Uh, uh, evil, there's no more pain, there's no more suffering. But what it, it doesn't seem, if, if heaven is the answer, it certainly doesn't seem to answer the issues that I'm facing here, right now, here on earth. Well, that's a basic misconception that many of us have in our view of heaven. Uh, heaven to us is always viewed as a, a future reality, but heaven is really a present help. The moment we come to faith in Jesus, the mindset of heaven the longing for heaven steps in 
And that's why every single person in this room, if you're a follower of Jesus, you got heaven on your mind. You have it. You're not there yet in that literal heaven. It's still to come. But that reality is already here. That's what we're looking forward to. I've been accused many times that I'm so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good. Fine, I admit it. But you know what the Bible says? To set your eyes on things above where the power and glory and reign of Christ is evident. And it's evident there and it's evident now. Every Christian here is focused on heaven. It's not just a future aspiration. It's not a future aim. It's a present reality. Uh, people who look at heaven only from the standpoint of a future reality does not know what it means to dwell in the presence of God now. Today we think uh, the dwelling place of God is in, in, in heaven, but in reality, He is here. He is with us. He is in our reality, and He is in us. That's why so many Christians go through crises of faith, you know, we think that heaven begins when we get there, but, in the, but the, the reality is if the Holy Spirit resides in us, that's a deposit of our residence, of our coming residence in heaven. We can know that now. Deep within us, heaven is already present. It's an everyday reality now. Eternal life doesn't begin uh, when we die. It begins the moment Jesus comes uh, to our lives. Heaven begins when Jesus dwells the believer. And I want to pound that in because, you know, uh, we can get sidetracked so much in life, worrying so much about, oh, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen to me? And those are good worries to have, okay? I mean, you know, you, you and I need to be concerned about what's going on around us. Um, but it's a good, a good quality in a Christian to maintain that attitude that this is a temporal place that we're living in. We're, 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 we're shooting for heaven. We're, we're looking forward to heaven. Oh, pastor, I understand all of that. Heaven is a reality now, but what does that have to do with the existence of pain and suffering and evil in this world? What does it have to do with it? It has to do with everything. Our view, if our, if our view of our, what's happening on earth is confined to earth, then we are earthly minded, but we are called to set our hearts and minds above. Jesus himself suffered while he was here on earth. Okay, he suffered pain and he suffered evil in the hands of people and God allowed it to happen. Okay, what made Jesus unquestioning of what was going, what he was going through? Why didn't Jesus question these things? Okay, the reason is not only did Jesus know who he is, he knew where he came from. Okay, and he knew where he was going. We have that same assurance today. We, we, that reality that Jesus exhibited as a human being while he was here on earth could be true to us and for us as well. When we're confronted by pain, suffering, and acts of evil, believers do not question God anymore. We already know that the dwelling place of God is with man, is with us. Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That's what John, the beloved disciple, said. Okay? God wants us to be assured that in the midst of our cries, in the midst of our pain, he's really there. You remember the story of Lazarus? Lazarus was Jesus' best friend. That family, Jesus loved that family. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. One day, 
News came to Jesus that Lazarus died. Uh, you, you know this story, okay? Lazarus died, and his disciples says, your, your friend Lazarus is sick. You better go there and pray for him and heal him. And Jesus simply just brushed it off, right? He went on. And then uh, when he found out that he was really gravely ill, instead of going to Lazarus immediately, Jesus stayed a couple of days, and then they finally told him, hey, your, your friend Lazarus, the one you love, you know, your best friend, literally, he's dead. And... Um, and Jesus, uh, I mean, he's, he's really sick. And Jesus says, well, uh, Lazarus was just asleep. And then, of course, the news came that, you know, he's not just asleep. He's in grave. And Jesus says, no, no, Lazarus is dead. And look at what, what the verse uh, says, okay? I think it's in, uh, in Luke. Um, uh, I mean, John chapter 11, verse 14. It says, so then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And verse 15 says, and for your sake... I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. What was that about? It was about God saying, you may not see what I'm doing. You may not be recognizing that I'm with you when you're going through all of these sufferings. But I have a purpose for allowing you to go through that and you ought to be glad that you're going through that because that helps your faith so that you believe uh, and this has to be very clear for each and every one of us every christian must always remember that the dwelling place of god is within us one day there will be a, a literal heaven but heaven is here now pain and suffering and evil exist uh, to point us, to point us to Jesus, to point us to heaven. And people will see heaven in those who are indwelt by God's Spirit because we are the dwelling place of God. So we become just a, a reflection of heaven already to the unbelieving world. What, what, does that, what, what does that cause us to think and do? It causes us to realize who we really are as members of the kingdom of God, as, as part of the family of God. We need to know that the radiance of God's power, the radiance of God's glory, the answer to what ails the world can be seen in the light of the world. And the light of the world, of course, is Jesus, and that light is reflected on us. So that becomes an important thing. That's why we evangelize. That's why we tell people about Jesus. That's why every time, you know, uh, people come up with issues, the answer is Jesus. You know, people get tired <laughs> of me sometimes, you know. Well, Pastor, I need, uh, I need, I need your, your, uh, your help in this situation or this matter. Oh, uh, Jesus. That's the answer. Okay? So let's look at our text. What does our text reveal about, uh, about heaven? Okay, about the reality of heaven. Uh, what does heaven look like? Uh, this, is, this is clear in our text, okay? The, uh, the truth about heaven is clearly revealed three ways in our text, okay? Number one, um, we are made for continuous existence in God's presence. That's, that's, the, that's the first thing that, that, that heaven reveals, okay? We are made for continuous existence in God's presence. Look at verses 1 to 6 again. It says, now we know. Okay, underline the word we know. Because if you're a Christian, you know. 
Okay? We know that if the earthly tent we live in, that's our body, is destroyed, that's when we die. We have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. So uh, it's giving us, a, giving us a very clear description of, of who we are when we are in Christ. Meanwhile, okay, meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, meaning we're not there yet, we're not in our glorified state yet, and we're not in heaven yet, but we're anticipating it. The word groaning there is, is not a bad word. It's not like in pain, but it's a longing. It's a desire. It's an intense desire because you know heaven's coming. You know that you're going to have a, a, a glorified existence with God one day. We know that as Christians. So we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. So what does that imply? Imply that, you know, it implies that here on earth, we are often defenseless. You know, we're, we're defenseless against the things that happen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.